Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome along to the Outlawed Rugby League podcast. This is episode number 40, and as we get into the festive period into December, it is starting to get a bit colder over here in the UK, um, and it's certainly cold uh, where the uh, where today's guest, or this week's guest, I should say, is uh, is based. We've got a man who played plenty of game over in Canada, plenty of game for Toronto Wolfpack, and of course, Lee Centurions this year. It's Mr. Blake Wallace. Really appreciate him getting up early in the morning um, over in Canada, and uh, we recorded this one last weekend. So sit back, enjoy, grab yourselves a beer, stick the heating on, stick the fire on, and uh, and get on board, guys. Cheers. So welcome along to Toronto Wolfpack stalwart, Blake Wallace. How are you, my friend? Yeah, good, Bally, yourself? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Appreciate you coming on. Um, we had a little bit of... Uh, I tried to get it a little bit earlier, but realised... Sorry, forgot how early it was for you because you're over uh, over in. Well, I was going to say sunny, but not so warm Canada right now. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it's it's freezing here to be honest. It, um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how cold it gets here. But yeah, we're here till I'm here till the new year with uh, my wife, and then we're heading back to Australia. Nice, nice. Can't can't argue with that, mate. It's um, yeah, it's cold here. We've got some kind of storm at the minute, so it's just grim outside. Um, it's all, so. always grey and cold in the UK. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I bet you don't miss that bit. Not <laughs> at all, <laughs> especially pre-season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was talking to um, Mahe Fanua the other day, um, who's been on the podcast before, and he said exactly the same. He said, look, he says, I love the game. He says, but I hate pre-season, which, you know, that's fair shout. <laughs> yeah, most people do. Most people. <laughs> I know that feeling. So, look, obviously... You had you had quite a um, an interesting and colourful career, let's be fair. Um, but obviously, originally from Australia, originally from Wollongong. So, how did you originally kind of get involved in rugby league as a as a youngster? Oh, it goes back to my old man. So, I um I grew up in Dapto, which is just like a small town, probably twenty minutes away from Wollongong. Yeah, and you know my old man played. So, my earliest memories is. Wearing a, like a Parramatta Eels jersey because it was the same colours as Dapto, and <laughs> you know going down to training with him and just just hanging around, annoying him like a bad smell. So it it kind of I realised from a young age that's that's what I wanted to do, and um, you know I was I was pretty lucky growing up where I grew up, and um, I had access, you know, to, to obviously my dad and you know his teammates, and then obviously grew up playing you know, with all my mates and stuff like that. Yeah, no fair play. I mean, wearing a parachute in that kind of uh, that kind of area is probably frowned upon. But um, it's uh, am I right in saying that it's St George country or is it Illawarra yeah, country? Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a well, I was an Illawarra Steelers fan, um, and then when they merged with St George, I was a little bit a little bit disappointed. But it, um, you know, that's my hometown. That's me. That's the team I follow. So yeah. you kind of um, you got to to me, you got to support where you're from. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you mentioned there, obviously, junior club, Dapto Canaries. Talk to me about that then. I mean, you know, kind of junior rugby over here is, is you know, a hell of a lot different to what it is over in Australia. Probably less competitive over here to what it is over there. Yeah, so, like, pretty much from the age of five right through to 16, you play juniors. Um, as you sort of get to probably a teenager, you can start making, like, regional rep teams and then, schoolboy rep teams and stuff like that and you know you get to about 18 and you go into grade um which is basically you have under 18s reserve grade and first grade yeah and you kind of you kind of go through that and then you know 
you any good, you go you go on further than that, and yeah, that's kind of just how it is. It's um, you know they they have a pretty pretty high standard of of rugby, even though it's amateur, like for the local first grade um, <laughs> competitions, and um, you know, there's some good players running around there, so it, it's good. Like it gives you when you're a kid something to sort of look up to. Like I remember being like a ball boy for Dapto and like first grade and stuff and always wanted to like be out there playing there one day. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just a cool thing because it's just a small town and sort of everyone gets behind it. Mm. No. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big differences between kind of over here and over, over in Australia, because, you know, growing up we had, well, I mean, I grew up in the Northeast, so it was, it wasn't even rugby league country anyway. Um, It was a lot of rugby union, um, but, we obviously we had junior rugby and and to get a decent standard we had to then kind of travel two three hours to to Yorkshire to get a good game and yeah. and then from there going into what was then Gateshead Thunder we had a it was an academy side but not as it yeah. is now so I mean it's good that obviously it's progressing but I still feel like we're light years behind kind of the structure that that there is in Australia but you know probably hard too with you know football being such a dominant sport that it is like you know your kids that are barely walking they're kicking a football around yeah. like it, it's crazy eh? like oh, that was something that kind of blew me out is like the, the level of skill that young kids have over there with a football at their feet like it's um it's unbelievable so you know i can see how it'd be hard because you know every kid wants to go play in the premier league and stuff like that so yeah you know, definitely it, you know that's always going to be hard on rugby league but you know i think it i think it's all right eh? like i think there's some um, there's plenty of talent coming out of the uk so I don't think it's in a bad shape or anything. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, just going back to what you were saying there about obviously football being the dominant sport, I tried to chuck a rugby ball at my five-year-old nephew the other day and he kind of looked at me, kind of gone out of it. I'm not really sure he's going to take the sport up, but never mind. Um, so, obviously, fast forward a little bit then. So, yeah. you were always kind of on the cusp of, of the NRL, let's be fair. Um, you know, obviously playing central queensland capras in the queensland cup which is a really really decent standard for people that don't know um it's probably i would say i mean correct me if i'm wrong but new south wales cup and queensland cup kind of sit standard wise just below super league but above championship so it would kind of sit yeah, between the two that's pretty fair um when i was at when i was up in queensland i was a bit you know i was young i was a kid um and i was inconsistent in my game and probably reflected the how i played um and it wasn't until probably like I went had a year in 2014 just in a like with a local team in um, Rockhampton when I was up there because I got yep. dropped and had a bit of a falling out with the um, the Q Cup side and I just went you know what I don't even I'm not even enjoying my footy and so I went back and just played local league had a really really good coach there and uh, got the love for the game back and managed to have a good year in that league and then I managed to get an opportunity to go home and play for the um, the Cutters in the New South Wales Cup, the Illawarra Cutters. Sure. Um, and that's kind of when everything sort of changed and my footy actually like went to a different level and I started actually playing some decent footy then. No, fair play. And obviously going back to, you know, kind of going back home and going back to the Cutters, did it did it kind of feel like that was the, the boyhood dream and, and that had kind of come true for you? Yeah, well, it was like, like I, I was under no impression it was going to be hard. Like I, when I went back to the cutters, like I had to, you know, I had to play local. I had to play for Dapto basically at the start of 2015. Yeah. Before I could get an opportunity because you get a lot of, 
Like if guys aren't playing NRL that are contracted with the Dragons, they go back to the New South Wales Cup team and they sure. have a lot of halves. So a lot of guys went back and it wasn't until probably eight, ten games into the season that I actually got an opportunity. And um, once I got that opportunity, I, you know, I, I played some good footy and, and finished the year out in there, which was um, really good for my confidence. And then mm. you know, I just tried to build on that in 2016. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, obviously, so you've had experience of kind of both sides of the border, if you like, in terms of New South Wales Cup and, and Queensland Cup. What do you think the main differences are? Or do you think they're on par with each other in terms of, you know, the teams, in terms of the, the level, the physicality, everything like that? I think you. I think this is just my opinion. I think New South Wales Cup, I think you get a lot, like week to week, the teams, your, your team changes quite a bit because, like, you, you you don't know really know who you're going to get back from first grade. Yeah. And each team's got, like, a first grade team that players go back to. So, like, you can – the teams can be quite different. Um, but then I find the Q Cup teams that they're more consistent because you get, like, there might be – you know, the Broncos might have four teams that they allocate players to or – the Titans might have, you know, three. Like, and it sure. just, it, I, I just find week in where you get the teams are a bit more consistent, and yeah, like in terms of like the the standard, like I think they're both they're both pretty well on par. Mm. Um, but I just think consistently week in week out, uh, the Q Cup probably has a bit more of the same players playing each week. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, with not having as many NRL teams up there, it, it like you say, they can kind of spread it a little bit better mm. or a little bit easier and, and give people a few more chances, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No. So, obviously, you're back home. You are, you know, playing a decent standard of, of, of rugby. You know, you, you've kind of, like I said to you, you kind of got that boyhood dream. But then I suppose there was a, I was going to say a knock on the door, but it's it's quite a flight to, to have a knock on the door. But a phone call, an email, how did everything kind of spiral into then moving over and, and going to Toronto? So, start of 2016, I played two trial games for the Dragons and I, in one of them, like I played pretty pretty well. And the second one, I went and played against my old team, the Capras, and, um, up in Rockhampton. So, that was pretty cool as well, especially for my family that live up there. And, um, you know, I thought, like, it, I knew I was under like I, I knew I wasn't gonna get offered a contract or anything like that because there's only cert, there's only a certain amount of spots you can get offered. Yeah. Uh, and you know I knew at that time the drag like their their squad was pretty well full, so I was like, all right, you're just gonna have to keep chipping away at it. And mm. I was working at the time as well, and my boss he he spent some time in the Super League, um, and Basically, he come to me with the opportunity of Toronto, and we're at work and we're just talking. And he goes, "There's this new team starting up," and I was like, "Oh right," and he goes, "Yeah, to Toronto," and I was like, "Oh, where are they going to play?" And he said, "In the UK," and I said, "Well, how's that work?" And he said, "I'm not too sure." He said, "But he said I think they play their home games in Toronto and their away games in the UK." And I went, "Oh, that'd be pretty cool." And he goes, "Would you do it?" And I said, "Well, yeah." See how you know about it, and um, like Brian Noble used to coach him, and then he was um, good mates with Simon Finnegan, who was our assistant coach at the time. So yeah, they kind of, they kind, the ball kind of got rolling through them, and 
basically and then you know Rolls took a pretty big gamble on me and I sent some footage over to them and um, they basically yeah said right let's do it and it's just one of them I kind of right place at the right time I guess and I think because I was a pretty hard worker like on the tools my boss said he knew that I wanted to make a career out of it he I think he just you know I'll never forget like I'll never um, forget what he did for me and just putting mm. his neck on the line and um, so that I could get an opportunity. So it all uh, it all kind of worked out from that. Yeah, wow. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in you know, kind of like you say, everything happens for a reason, and mm. you know, it, there's the potential that not getting that spot in the dragon side of it. Well, let's be fair, it, it did open the door for for the whole Toronto adventure. But mm. obviously, when you went over to play for Toronto, you spent a lot of time in the UK. Did it feel weird being a Canadian team? but doing a lot of stuff based in, in kind of the north of England? Um, probably did at first when we first, like because we did pre-season and then we didn't, that first year, we didn't go to Toronto until like May. Yeah. But I think once we got there and we were going there regularly, I was like, oh, we're a Canadian team. Like, this <laughs> is, like this, this, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Like I'd do it all over again tomorrow if I could. It was such a good experience and, um yeah like it it didn't really matter like we we did we spent when people say we did we were predominantly based out of the uk we were but in terms of like during the season we spent a lot of time in toronto it was mainly like the pre-seasons that we did in the uk that kind of had people thinking oh well they're they're uk based team it's like well you know we can't do a pre-season in minus 40 degree weather (laughs) so we don't really have much of a choice but it um it never felt like when we were, whenever we were there in season, it never felt like we were, we always felt like we belonged there and we mm. felt like we were Canadian, that's for sure. Yeah. See, see, that was, that was never a dig for me. It was more, actually, I, I thought it was quite a, a smart thing to do. Cause like you say, you, yeah, can't train, 100%. you can't train in ice and snow and all that. But at the same time, players that are coming from Australia, for example, um, mm. or wherever they're coming from, then get acclimatized to the UK weather to, you know, the UK environment. So straight away, you can kind of hit the ground running when you've got that first game away and you know you're in a yeah. hostile place like i don't know like keith lee or something like that do you know what I mean yeah and you look at look at look at the rest of the makeup of the team like they're all english fellas you know so sure. yeah if you're gonna like imagine just pulling everyone from everywhere and, and putting them in in canada it would have been hard but yeah they, they made it work for the the short stint that we had <laughs> yeah I mean, obviously, when you when you first joined Toronto, they were playing or they were about to play in League One. Now, obviously, the side that was put together was not a League One side. It was a, a championship pushing top of championship side, which was always yeah. the right thing to do because that was always the ambitions of the club. But yeah. I suppose, did it feel a little bit like you had to trust in the process to play at a lower level to know in the back of your mind that actually it's only going to be for a short period of time? Yeah, well, I was like... I don't know, I guess I was probably a bit like naive. I didn't really know much about the lower leagues. I was just like, you know what? Whoever gets put in front of me, I'm going to play them. And it's, yeah. it doesn't really matter. And we knew what the end goal was. And for me, it was like, all right, this is no different to what you're doing back in New South Wales. Like, the only difference is you. this is your actual job. You're doing this properly now. Mm. And the bigger picture was to get to Super League and, like, playing Super League. So it was like, just crack on with it, do what you've got to do, play well, and then the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. 
So it um like to be honest, I'm I'm glad I, I went through all that because you know, you go on to, you know, Whitehaven and Workington and it's pissing down rain and <laughs> you're in ankle deep slop and I'm just going, Seriously, we're doing this but you know, you just appreciate it a little bit more when you actually you know, when we when we finally got to Super League and we weren't having to go to all these grounds, it was um it just it was a cool experience and you know, going to all these different away grounds and the fans giving it to you, I was yeah. like, Oh my god, this is this is awesome. So <laughs> it's no, definitely, definitely something that'll stick with me. No, that's amazing. And and like you said, I think there's a, a hell of a difference between kind of playing on the Sunshine Coast, um, to, to playing at Workington or something like that. Um, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I, I won't say. Uh, I won't say which one I'd probably prefer, but never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, let's be fair though. Like I said earlier, the, the team was the team was a really good team. You know, you ended up with um, big name players, both actually physically big name players like Fu Fu Moi Moi, um, whose name's just big anyway. But yeah. you know, did people like that and characters like that kind of give the Wolf Pack its own character within itself? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, yeah, it, it kind of took it once. Once we were playing, like you know, in front of the home fans, it just it kind of took on its own like identity because we had, um, you know, we had Ryan Bailey, we had Fui, we had you know some boys that like we had we had some good players across the field, and it it kind of just we were winning games, and we'll, it kind of just was like, all right, like this is this is us, like this is what we're gonna do, and like the fans, the Canadian fans just kind of jumped on the back of it. Like they loved it. They probably didn't have a clue what was going on at, at when we first like played there, but it was like, it just, it blew up. And, you know, by the end of the first year, like you see the growth that it had um, from like, like fans and, you know, the attendances and stuff, it was crazy. And, mm. you know, you'd ride the bike, you'd ride your bike down the street and people would be yelling out to you because like they'd recognize you. It was just, it was weird, man. It was such a big city, but like you, you started to become recognized pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, obviously there was a lot of criticism of, of not having many Canadian players in and everything like that. And yeah. for me, it was always going to be, it, that was always going to be the case. You know, yeah. it's a little bit like, Catland Dragons, they came in 2006. Obviously, I've had a lot of Australians. I've only, I say only just, yeah. but they've only just got to the grand final. But from a Canadian perspective, and this is the the impression I get and kind of what people have said to me, that actually Canadians don't care. Like a bit like the, the Raptors, for example, in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. There's, you know, I, I think when they won the title, there was only one Canadian guy in the whole team, but no one in Toronto cared because it was a Toronto team. Does that make sense? Yeah, then that like that that's a that's a fair call. Like, and that that is something that always made me laugh. And like people complain, like people, I find like and not this like this isn't a dig at all at any like at all the fans, but like some fans in the UK will just look for anything to complain about. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> like that that just blew my mind. And like the the stuff people would say, it's like, come on, man! Like you we're bringing a team into a different like continent, and you're gonna like complain and whinge about it not being good for the game at the end of the day it's more eyes on rugby league and to me that's a good thing so it's like you're not going to have a team full of 17 canadians ready to compete at that exactly level. it just won't happen it's going to take time exactly and people kind of miss that point and they just you know didn't like us for whatever reason which is fair <laughs> enough like i didn't mind it it was cool um but yeah like the like the, the fans like 
like you know i sang the national anthem when we do it before game like at, at the home games i'd sing the national anthem just because like i felt a part of that i felt a part of the city you know yeah. it just it was my home away from home and i wanted to embrace that in any way i could and you know like i would it was just yeah it was an experience like no other mm. no i i know exactly what i mean and, and you know obviously it's a testament to that that you know, you're still there. So there's obviously a few things about uh, the country that, that, you know, um, you like, but you, you're right in what you're saying. Even now, kind of Ottawa, I was a bit disappointed. Ottawa obviously aren't going to be in Canada, completely understand it. People mm. complained that they were a Canadian side, then they moved to Cornwall, but now they're complaining because they're in the UK, but they're too far away and all this bollocks. Yeah. Um, then then complain that there's two French sides. And it's like, like you say, there's there's some fans out there that just want to complain for the sake of complaining, um, and yeah. I'm I'm not afraid to say that. And if people don't want to listen and they don't want to listen to this podcast, then I don't give a <laughs> shit. But, um, <laughs> but I guess that's that's just me. Um, yeah. So obviously going through the leagues, League One kind of walked through there. Let's be fair. Um, yeah. Got into the championship, and I suppose there was there was a an expectation then that you were just going to walk through the championship, but that was probably a little bit. And I know you guys didn't see it that way, but it was probably a little bit disrespectful from the media potentially that they thought that was just going to happen. But there's some really, really good teams in, you know, in in the championship, and and obviously that first year got to the million pound game, and and London went up. How how disappointing was that at the time? It was, yeah, it was it was weird, man. Like it was such a weird game. Um, easily the weirdest game I've ever been involved in, just because like no one scored. Like I think. The first set of six, we put a, I put a bomb up and we ran through and like we scored, but like it went upstairs and you know the chase. One of the chases was in front of me by like a hair. It was yeah. it was crazy how like close it was, but um, you know, and it was just it, it seemed like stuff like that happened all game and like we'd get held up and they'd rally and they just you know they'd find a way to like to hold the ball up or whatever it was and it just we just couldn't put that final blow like that blow and we couldn't put them to bed and it it was just yeah we just kept chipping away and then you know credit to them they they're defensively that they were outstanding and um i think in a way it was a blessing in disguise because i don't mm. think as a club we were ready to go up at that point yeah um and you know it just reaffirmed that you know all right we're a good team but we can be beaten so mm it's back to the drawing board and let's fix it and let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you say, you know, testament to London at the time, a, a grand final is a grand final and anything can happen in a grand final. So you've got to give 110% and, you know, basically drag yourself off the field afterwards. So like, like you say, it, fair play to them. But I agree with what you're saying. I think it was it was a little bit of a, a blessing in disguise because it gave you guys another 12 months to be able to to prepare for, for Super League. And then obviously a, a great game against Featherstone got through to Super League and again kind of all the, the rumour mill starts churning Sonny Bill Williams everything like that did the Sonny Bill Williams factor help or hinder kind of your preparations for Super League uh, I definitely don't think it hindered I remember I was so like us Aussies we didn't have visas for the UK so we could only be in the country X amount of time yeah like per year it was like six months out of the calendar year we could be there um, so we weren't allowed to come back to, to train in, in the UK until the new year anyway. Um, 
And then when all the rumours, I was in Australia, so all the rumours were happening. And I was, I was lucky. I was training with one of my mates and, you know, I, I went actually went back in really good shape. And all the rumours of him signing was uh, happening. And I had mates messaging me and that. I'm like, no chance. Like, you're dreaming <laughs> if you think Sonny Bill's going to come play for Wolfpack. Are you freaking serious? I was like, come on, bro. And then literally a week later, he signed. And I was like, what? is going on like this is insane and then we you know we went back to the uk and he was there and met him and started training with him and i like for me it was pretty surreal because i grew up watching this guy on sure on tv and i was just like are you serious like i'm sitting across from him you know and he he was a legend he um you know i just tried to to soak as much up as i could um uh, and you could just see like you know in his prep and the way he trained, like how professional he was, and it had a really positive impact on the team. And I, um, you know, I think he was only, you know, getting better with the more time he was getting, like, to play the game because he'd been out of rugby league for a while. And, sure. And um, it was just that unfortunate COVID hit and kind of threw a spanner in the works. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. It's I can imagine it's surreal on twofold because. I remember growing up watching Sonny Bill playing for the Bulldogs and you're like, there's this freak of a kid that is going to rule the world of rugby league. And then obviously he went over to rugby union, came back um, and, and obviously went back again. And then, yeah. and then like you say, it's kind of the surreal, sur- the surreal kind of feeling of going from, you know, playing, um, you know, second grade, if you like, uh, over in Australia to play in the lowest division of, of the UK competition to all of a sudden, you're now playing Super League alongside a guy who's played for the All Blacks and, you know, yeah. is, is known around the world regardless of, of what sport he's ever been involved in, which is mental. Um, and it's kind of like you turn around to him and go, oh, should we, will you just spot me on this uh, on this bench press or something? He's like, Sonny, Sonny Bill fucking Williams. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, you know, my, my wife doesn't know much about rugby. And like when he signed, like she knew who Sonny Bill was because he was just that well known around the world. And... It was yeah, it was just it was it was surreal and he um yeah, he had he had a positive impact on us and it was just like I said, it was just a shame that it ended the way it did because mm. it would have been good to play a bit more with him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean just, just going back to talk about misses, I think when I said to my missus that he'd signed for the Wolfpack, she she kinda of turned around to me and she's she goes to the rugby with me, but obviously isn't as kind of heavily involved as as I am and she kinda of turned around to me and went, Isn't that the Kiwi version of Sam Burgess? And I went no, but I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> same, same, but different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like you say, obviously, I mean, I was actually at that first game in um, in Leeds when you guys played Castleford. Um, and obviously then Hull played, played Leeds. And it was a great game, great day of rugby. And um, obviously it was disappointing the the result. And when Sonny Bill took that first carry in and, you know, he kind of tried to offload and, Everyone, I just remember standing in the away end with, you know, obviously there was a lot of Castleford fans there and, and they kind of turned yeah. around and went, oh, well, there you go. That That's proved the point. It's a waste of money. And I went, turned around and was like, he's 10 minutes into a game over here where it's like minus four and, you know, he's, he's had two weeks training. So let's wait until we get to the summer and, and see what he can really do, especially back in Canada. But obviously yeah. we never, well, unfortunately we never got that. How tough was COVID for you guys because obviously there's a, there's a lot of stories there's a lot of rumours there's a lot of 
kind of ex-players coming out saying different things and and you know ultimately only you guys know what happened and and how tough that was yeah well if I didn't have my wife then I, I would have been I would have been struggling like I it was tough man it it um it was just one of them it was weird like you know when it, it all hit we were still being told yeah you're going to be paid and then it just it kind of just like I managed to come back to Canada and you know luckily I did and um I got back here and you know I was here and I thought I'd be here for like two months maybe and turned into like seven eight months and yeah you know, you, months go by and you're getting told, oh, it's coming, it's coming, and then it's not, the money's not coming. And it was, it was hard, man. You're blowing through your savings. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I was saving for a wedding and like, it just, everything just got put on hold and it was tough. And it was like, all right, what is actually going to happen here? And it got, it just ended, it ended up getting to a point where it was like, I don't, like, I couldn't just keep living in limbo. It was like, yeah, yeah. Right, well, we don't really know what's happening here. And yeah, basically I made, I had to make a call on, um, you know, what was best for me and, and, yeah. and my family. And, and that was like to jump ship when it was going down to, to try and find another club. Absolutely. And, and, you know, let's be fair. Um, first of all, one family comes first, of course it does. And secondly, you've got to survive, you've got to live. And, yeah. you know, if, if someone's going to offer you some money, to go play elsewhere, of course you would. And, you know, I think that's that's one criticism that I don't understand that people give to kind of the players that of Toronto because it's it's kind of like, well, if your work turned around and said they weren't going to pay you for three, four months, what would you do? You, you'd leave. And, you know, this is 18 months later, we still haven't got that money. It's like, sure, you know, and it's, it's like it's, you work hard for that money. Like, yeah. that, you know, that's not – that wasn't just like handed to me. Like, I had to earn that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the hardest thing is because it's like, you know, that, that, that's what you go and you, you've, you've worked at for so long and then to not get it. And it's like, ah, so, uh, you know, hopefully it comes. I don't know if it will or when it will, but yeah, I, I'm still optimistic that it will come eventually. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. And, and, and like you say, you know, ultimately as a, any kind of sports person, your career short. You know, a lot of people don't really play past the age of kind of 30 and 30 is just a, a young age. And, and obviously for you, it it got a little bit tougher as well when you then went to Lee, played a couple of games and, and obviously retired on, on medical grounds. How, and again, obviously you don't have to answer this if, if you don't want it, but how was that? I mean, I, I kind of stopped playing probably a year, two years ago because of stuff like concussion and that kind of idea. And I think, you know, now, obviously, there's a lot more protocol. There's a lot more, um, I suppose, science on it and that kind of idea. But to to kind of have to be forced to retire as opposed to retiring on your terms, I, I can only imagine that's tough. Yeah, and it's still tough to this day, man. Like, I, you know, I have moments and it's like, like for me, I'm I'm competitive and I'm competitive with myself mainly. And it's like, I wasn't happy like you know I finally I did all this hard work my whole life to get to you know that level and I got to Super League and then you know showed glimpses of what I could do and then COVID hit and then it was like I got another opportunity I thought here we go and then you know I didn't didn't play through my best games by any means when it, at the start of this year and um and then obviously I got injured it was like 
like I'm like I do I like I can't I don't like leaving it at that because it's yeah. like I know there's like I know there's better footy in me and um you know to for the doctor to sort of take you know the, the decision got ultimately taken out of my hands and it was just like it was just in the back of my mind I'm like I'm retiring off three of the worst games I've probably played as a professional footy player and it's like it just, yeah, it was just hard to come to terms with. And it was like my whole life I've, I've worked towards being a rugby player. So mm. the way I trained, everything I did, it was like, was that going to benefit my rugby? And now that that's gone, it's like, okay, like this is a bit weird because it's like, you know, now what? And, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful I, I I did a trade as a plumber. Um, so like I've got stuff to fall back on, but it's like, for me, how much joy I've had over the last five years and um, the stuff that I've been able to do, it's like, well, you know, when I go home and I'm working for the rest of my life, like I want to do something I enjoy. Like I want something to give me the same fulfillment as what, you know, as rugby did, I guess. But I don't, it, it, it may not, like I may not get that. But, you know, I'm going to try to find that and, um, you know, Luckily, I, I still get to be involved with it with some coaching and and um, yeah, like I'm not. It's not. It's not like I'm turning my back to the game and I'm never going to be around it again. It's just, yeah, it's probably just disappointing that it um it's come to an end so quickly. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And and you know, like you say, it's. I'm just going to go back on on something that you just said there about kind of playing three of your worst games of rugby. For me, as a as a rugby league fan, I don't think anyone um, within the league club would have seen that anyway. Um, you were more seen as a, a character within the game, and that was, you know, both with Toronto and obviously with Lee, and and just in Super League in general. You know, kind of the the whole big hair thing that you had going on at Lee. Which, by the way, have you still got that? Uh not to that extent, but yeah, the mullet is still. <laughs> so I, I shaved I shaved it like mid season. And I just went, what did I do that for? And now it's like come back and it's, yeah, it's starting to take it, take its shape again, which is nice. <laughs> but, but what I'm trying to say there is like, you know, no one, and you know, I, I could probably categorically say this, but no one thought, oh, those those three games were, were terrible or anything like oh, that. I, so. I know that. That's just me though. That's just like, you know, I pick myself apart, like regardless of what it is like that, you know, fans don't care. And I know that, like, it's just, um, it's just me sort of being the, the 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 player I was and just how I am. Like I kind of, I've always just held myself to a really high standard. And um, yeah, the the flip side of holding yourself to that standard is you you, you come down pretty hard on yourself when you don't sure. do something at the level that you want to do. No, I get that. Yeah, I, did. I can't argue with that at all. So you were saying that you're still going to be involved in in coaching and that kind of idea. Is is there any news on that? Yeah, so I'm um, coaching Dapto, uh, the local first grade team back home uh, next year. So, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that challenge. They, they've had it. I'm, I just love the town. Like, it's where I'm from. Um, you know, I managed to win a, a, a first grade grand final there before I come overseas. And it's just, it's there's a lot of history for my family with my dad playing there, my granddad playing there. And, um, you know, I'm excited to, to take the reins and, um, you know, I've got some good people around me at the club that are going to be helping me and we're just excited to sort of get into it and 
hopefully I can, uh, you know, they've had a few tough years with COVID and, um, and whatnot. So hopefully we can sort of turn that around and, and uh, yeah, play some good footy. Nice. I, I like the fact that you've gone full circle and it's almost like the prodigal son returns. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair play. And, and look, you know, like you say, you're going to go from minus ridiculous weather to uh, to some nice weather as well. So you can't argue with that either. Um, although saying that, you'll be going straight winter to winter, won't you? So I'll, I get into Oz right in the peak of summer. So I get there in January, which is peak peak summertime. Nice. At least you get the snow for Christmas. That's uh... <laughs> yeah. No, nah, that'll be cool. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that, but. Yeah, I can't wait to get back to the beach, that's for sure. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, look, mate, I have had an absolute blast sitting and, and chatting with you and, and really, really appreciate you coming on. And, and obviously talking about some stuff that, you know, is really personal and some stuff that's, that I can imagine is pretty tough to talk about as well. So I really appreciate that and really appreciate you not telling me where to go when I ask those questions. So, uh... Uh, Like I said, it, it's all good, but I'm an open book, so... If and, and you know, like, with just with just like finally with like the concussion stuff and that, like, if I can bring any sort of more, like awareness to that for people, um, you know, I'm gonna do it because it's there's a lot of stuff that I went through this year that I wasn't prepared for, and nor did I know was gonna happen. And you know, I think rugby league's doing they're, they're doing good in some areas in terms of like the protocol and that, but there's a lot of stuff that needs to be. There needs to be more awareness around it in terms of like what you go through mentally with you know the different emotions and all the all the things that like I didn't know was a part of being um, concussed and that was probably like one of the harder things to to sort of deal with because I wasn't too sure and I'd ask questions and no one really had the answers for you and it's just you know it's just something that um, can be daunting so if there's any there's ever, you know, people, and there's going to be people go through, you know, the same sort of thing. Like it's, it's a contact sport. So, you know, hopefully going forward that there can be just some more awareness around that and, you know, the issues that you can sort of face with that. No, I massively respect that. And and I think, like you say, it's a really good point to, to kind of end on. And, and look, I completely agree with you. Um, it, it's not a, it's not an easy thing to one talk about. It's not an easy thing to obviously to go through. Um, but also when I say it's not easy to talk about from a, a personal perspective, you, sometimes you just don't want to talk about it. And sometimes you just want to kind of bury your head in the sand about it. But also mm. at the same time, like you say, sometimes you ask a question and you, it's almost like you feel a little bit alone because you don't know the answer to that. And the person that you yeah. thought would, would answer that, they don't know either. So no, it's, it is tough. And, you know, obviously you've done it, let's be fair, a lot tougher than, you know, a lot of people have in, in terms of, of having to retire from the sport that you love doing that. But like you say, I think if the more um, awareness of, of concussion and the more kind of, the more it's taken seriously as well, then, you know, that, that can only be a good thing. I, I agree. Totally agree. There can, uh, there can never be enough like information around it. That's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. But look, mate, I will, uh, I will let, let you get back to it. Because, um, like I say, I know it's uh, I know it's pretty early. So, if you want to head back to bed or anything like that after I've dragged you out, you yeah, you. Nah, to, to be honest, <laughs> I've got to I've got to go take the dog for another walk. He's uh, he's he's a he's a full time job that dog. Honestly, <laughs> walking four times a day and he's it's still not good enough for him. <laughs> no, I know that feeling. That that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, look, mate, 
I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I'd love to have you on again um, in, in the future. So you are obviously always more than welcome. Um, I appreciate it. Good Thanks man. for having me on. Pleasure, Blake. Take care, mate. Yeah, you too, bro. Cheers. Cheers